This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Pixel People Podcast, where we go beyond the quest lines to discover the backstories and motivations of our favorite video game NPCs to better understand them and ourselves. I'm Amelia, also known as Firewriter, and each episode I'm chatting with a special guest about a character they find particularly interesting. Since we're taking a close look at how these characters impact the story, please be aware that spoilers are likely. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, I'm Amelia, aka Firewriter, and my guest today is the pastor at Kindred UMC, a Methodist church for people who... While they may have no interest in church itself, still like to have some kind of meaningful relationship with existence. Chris Hayden, welcome to Pixel People. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. So I should have mentioned in my bio, also a nerd. Also a nerd. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, you probably wouldn't be here if you weren't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This wouldn't be like that line of (laughs) Yeah, right. You, like you have, you have to have a favorite video game character. Exactly. Like, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure that's question number one on Are You a Nerd Test. It's how you earn your your card, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Glad so, to be who here. is your the favorite NPC? Who is it that we're going to be discussing today? Well, I. It's funny you sent me the question, and I was like, mm, I'm going to have to think about that. And then 30 seconds later, I knew exactly who it was going to be. <laughs> Um, and it is from <clears throat> one of my all-time favorite games, Dragon Age Origins, Morrigan. Wonderful. So I Dragon Age Morgan. is one of those games that I slept on for a really long time. Um, I tried it, you know, a few years back, and the combat system was so complicated, I was just like, <clears throat> I was out. So it was a steep <laughs> learning curve. It was. But then, you know, when I started uh, the podcast and people started requesting Dragon Age characters, I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. So I've been playing it pretty steadily for the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, Me too. Yeah, and you too. (laughs) I got back into it. I was like, I I need to go go back into that universe. Yeah, I I love that... um, when I'm doing this and when I'm streaming the games and stuff like that, that it inspires other people to pick up the games. That's, I think, one of my favorite things. Uh, it just makes me so happy to know that, you know, and to read, to discover Dragon Age and discover that, oh, hey, I actually love this game. <laughs> and once you get the hang of it, the combat is not so bad. Um, but Morgan has been a mystery to me because ah. she does not fit well with the way that I tend to play games. And she does not like me very much. (laughs) So I'm probably missing out on a lot of what makes Morrigan super cool. Because I know a lot of people love her. Uh, She's just been a tough nut for me to crack. (laughs) Well, she is. And and that's kind of part of it. Okay. Okay. So uh, for somebody who hasn't really played this game, can you kind of tell us a little bit about uh, the role that she plays kind of how she sure. interacts with the other characters, which is absolutely delightful, by the way. I just, I love having both her and Alistair in the same party because they just, yeah. I have to stop and just listen and usually crack up. Oh, well, <laughs> and there's also some like rumored lore behind that, but we'll save Ooh. that for later. Love it, love um, it, love it. 
so yeah, so Morrigan is first of all, she comes into the group as an inherent outsider, mm-hmm. like because she she grows up in the the Kakari wilds and is not part of like the civilized, you know, uh, setting of Ferelden for Dragon Age Origins, mm-hmm. and um, and your character comes across her in kind of a happenstance random encounter. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so she serves as like, it, like from a character standpoint, if you include her, cause you can choose who your companions are, but mm-hmm. like, if you include her in the missions, she kind of constantly serves as this, like, I don't understand. She's, she, she serves a, a functional purpose of like exposition cause she mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on and she's constantly asking, but she also serves this kind of like snarky she's she it's not just that she doesn't understand what's going on it's that she kind of resents that it how stupid this is yes absolutely. <laughs> she's constantly <laughs> just like i don't understand why you people do it this way why don't you just do it that way you know and uh and that's, which is usually a fairly dark way that i'm like because that would probably be bad and kill a lot of people well, potentially yeah, well because and that's the other thing she she's a little at first, she's a little sociopathic. <laughs> like, she's really a little is. like, just do the math. What mm-hmm. ends up in the least amount of dead babies? And then pick right. that up. Right, right. Well, let's try, how about we spend a little bit more time trying to find a way that doesn't result in any dead babies? He's like, wow, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which, which, I mean, and that makes sense, because it's not, I think, and it could be explained further on that, and I just haven't gotten there yet, but, um, I think that that makes sense from a character standpoint too, that she's lived her entire life in isolation so far. So why should she be compassionate to these people? There's, there's, there's no reason for it. So it's like, not even necessarily like a sociopathy as in like a, like a illness, but as in just simply not being a part of any kind of society. Well, I, so I, I think there's two, there's two prongs to that. Mm -hmm. So one is, She's been mistreated, like, so in, in the world of Dragon Age, she's an apostate. Right. Which is anyone who uses magic but isn't, like, registered with the state and under the state control of the Templars is, is the organization that kind of, like, controls them. Mm-hmm. And so, and be- because in the world of Dragon Age, uh, magic is very, very dangerous and it can invite like demonic possession at like it's kind of it's the glass cannon that Mm -hmm. most role-playing mages are except for the fact that it's like yeah but your glass cannon can be taken over by the you can be (laughs) hacked you know (laughs) like you can you can literally become a weapon of mass destruction if we don't monitor you and so one of the beautiful themes that's amazingly well done and nuanced in dragon age origins is that back and forth of like, well, should mages be registered and and because they are dangerous, but also like, what about personal freedom and the ability to choose your own path and your own destiny? Like, and yeah. they're constantly going back and forth. So Morrigan, in order to be safe, cannot be a part of society because society will either shackle her or kill mm-hmm. her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so like so so it's it's there's a character reason for her resentment of like society and what's going on. Yeah. Um 
but there's two prongs because the other the other one is like so you asked me before about like a theme that's attached mm-hmm. to this character for me and it's self-reliance and independence yeah. or something in that area that's the other part of it is that she's been taught that any attachment to any other person is a weakness and a vulnerability and right. in order to be self-reliant and independent she has to like forsake those types of attachments and so so she one she resents society because like society has been really nasty to her mm-hmm. and also she's been taught that in order to be strength uh, in order to be strong and have strength you don't connect yourself in any empathetic way to other people and so mm-hmm. then you get into these things where she's like i don't understand why don't we just kill him yeah and like yeah that makes total sense to me because she has she's been taught not to have empathy you know yeah and it's interesting because there's like a really fine line there too between the between self-reliance and i guess selfishness and it's like oh, yeah. she lives on that line which is really and, and it it she'll she'll wobble into both which i think is really well, and interesting de- and depending on how you play the game and how you interact yeah. with the character yeah her, she she goes on so like i'm a big joseph campbell guy i'm a big like character arc yeah the hero's journey Ooh, every yeah. character has to have an arc <laughs> you know that, like that if, if it's gonna be good then the character needs an arc absolutely that's morrigan's arc is going mm-hmm. from completely independent <clears throat> and like I don't need anyone and I'm strong enough on my own. If you and if you choose to engage it cuz the the game very I think brilliantly doesn't force your hand in this way. Absolutely, yeah. Um but if if you choose to engage it, her arc becomes like d- becoming more attached to your character, the 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 hero of Ferelden, the the warden. Yeah. And and then and then that can go in a romantic way or it can go in a friend way or it can go or it can not go at all. She can just be kind of like she can just stay where she is and you can leave her alone. And like I I love that cuz that also ties into the like self-reliant and like even from a meta standpoint her character is a self-reliant independent like she doesn't need you to engage her. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like so yeah, I I I really really have a high opinion of Dragon Age Origins and the way that they handled it's it's the golden age of Bioware in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I've just been because uh, like the other one that I just re- recently uh, that I that I missed out on the first time around and recently got into is Mass Effect, and oh, I think that yeah. that yeah. <laughs> I love oh, Mass Effect. Too. <laughs> I have been. I've been playing through three and just having every horrible thing that happened in two come back to haunt me. And I'm just like, this is brilliant. This is utterly brilliant. So yeah. it's like, as I'm playing Dragon Age 2, uh, Dragon Age as well, I should say. Um, I'm, right, because there is a Dragon I'm going, Age going, oh God, this is all going to come back to haunt me later. I just know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the holy trinity of uh, Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. And then Dragon Age Origins and my I, I'm I'm actually I there's a shift that happened in in Bioware right around the time of Dragon Age two uh-huh. that they lost they lost me I I, I mean I still uh, play yeah. all of them yeah. but but to me Dragon Age Origins and the first Mass Effect were it was like the last hurrah of old <laughs> Bioware you yeah. know it was like 
it, it was them at their best at what they yeah. do. And which is, you know, it's, it, that's also, those are the, that's the style of gaming that I came up on, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's my favorite too. I mean, I love when a consequence comes back to bite me. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's great. It's fun. <laughs> it's so good. It's just, it's just amazing storytelling. And it's what I love best about games because I'm not a huge TV viewer. Um, I am a huge reader. But um, I like to interact with my entertainment. I like to have an effect yeah. on it. That's just, I mean, I'm a writer. It makes sense. <laughs> well, I really love you know? the idea of role play, like actually mm -hmm. role playing. Yeah. Not, um, not like, because now role playing means a, a set of mechanics. Mm -hmm. And to me, role playing always meant uh, like participating in a story from a first person perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, those are two different things, you mm -hmm. know, like leveling up my character is not to me inherent to role playing, but making significant choices about how I interact with my yeah. characters and my companions yeah. and, and all that, like, and, and who that character becomes and, and just making this like, uh, I thought Mass Effect, even though you were kind of, you were playing Shepard, mm -hmm. you we're given lots of leeway into is, you know, like Shepard's gender, uh, Shepard's sexual orientation, uh, nice. Shepard's like snarkiness or not Shepard, like whether or not Shepard was going to be like sarcastic or right. going to be like, a, like kind of a paladin goody two shoes or, <laughs> and like, and like they did a, such a good job of like telling that story yeah. while giving you some little flavors of how your Shepard was going to be. Right. And and that's so that was what was so great about Bioware during this age, I think. During this like it was about yeah. two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere around there. Yeah, and I and I, I hate that I that I slept on and missed out on these games, you know, when they were early on, you know. I mean, because it's like it's you go back to it now and it's like, you know, like what the struggle was with Dragon Age, um, you know, when I was trying to work out those controls. They they feel very janky these days yeah. you know compared to what we're playing now yeah but it's like i'll deal with the jankiness because the story is incredible and and the way that they've Never branched everything off another one yeah i gotta check that one out too it's like but <laughs> it's it, like it, i love to dive back into these old games janky is the word for never <laughs> like it it's is like, i mean i will tolerate hard. a certain amount of jankiness because i mean i love like fallout new vegas and there's no question yeah. that that game is janky <laughs> right like if it's if it if the if the juice is worth the squeeze exactly that's exactly yeah. so kind of circling back to uh to morgan here um is morgan a character that you kind of see yourself in at all or is it more of an opposite thing because i find that that kind of happens either somebody loves the character because they see so much of themselves in it or they love the character because they could never possibly be like this character and that's like inspiring in a way and i'm I'm just kind of curious kind of where you fall on that spectrum yeah so i because i because i've been thinking about that um so and here's what i've got to say about that <laughs> so one one thing is uh so i had a pretty significant like transformative experience in my young adulthood that mm -hmm. 
uh, it did, I wouldn't say it like changed my personality, but it 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 really gave me a lot of like uh, kind of peace and and reconciliation. Because mm-hmm. you know I, I come from an abusive home, and and I you know I had a, a lot of just kind of like awkwardness and insecurity, and that and that was like all up and through my twenties, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I and then through with the help of counseling and with the help of like you know uh i would say not churchy church but like actual healthy spirituality mm, yeah i i had a pretty significant kind of like healing reconciling came be, came, came to love myself type of experience love that um that so i started playing this game and fell in love with it before that experience morrigan i think has some aspirational qualities that I was hoping I would one day find in myself or find in a partner. Because that's the other thing, let's face it. When I played the game, I was much younger, much hornier, and <laughs> like side boob had a lot to do with my attraction to Morrigan. You know? That's lovely. <laughs> like she was rendered quite nicely um, <laughs> no argument there <laughs> and so yeah so there's some there is some of that involved too like the idea to romance uh, but it wasn't just yeah. that because there's also there's a perfectly lovely other character uh um liliana in the, oh have who, i been hearing about liliana since everyone I have loves her this. I everyone have, uh, loves I, her. I know people who name their kids after liliana and i remember yeah. um yeah so like a very popular and also quite nicely rendered, you know, young woman. <laughs> yes. And she's she's very soft and feminine mm-hmm. and uh and kind. Yeah. And like uh gracious, you know. She's mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's rooted back in everyone ends up dating their parents. But like <laughs> it's gross and it's weird. But it's just the way it goes. Um and I, now I'm I thinking about like uh my personal uh video game romances of preference and not going is, is my parents in that now i'm gonna have to really analyze that <laughs> it's worth asking the question if you i mean like also if you if that just grosses you out don't ask the question yeah um but I, so a similar care like the witcher 3 mm-hmm. has basically uh two characters that you can romance tr- uh uh I can't remember the other one, the redhead and Yennefer. Yes. Uh, is it Tr- Tristan? Trista? Anyway, whatever. I can't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Uh, and there's people who are just yelling at their their iPhone right now. You know. Um, but there always will be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but similar thing. Like mm-hmm. sh- one character, the redhead is very like generous and soft and kind of sweet and and. Uh, like accommodating kind of, uh, you know, and then Yennefer is this brooding brunette who doesn't take shit from anyone. And like, you have to, she's like a cat. One's like a dog. The other's like a cat. Like you have to earn her love, you know, like you have (laughs) to earn her respect. Yeah. And um, while I am definitely in life, a dog person, when it comes to romance and companionship, I have always been for the brooding brunettes who are snarky and mm-hmm. and can be harsh 
and they just yeah they just tell you for real what's going on and they're not really worried about how you feel about it and like and and that's actually who i married also like Isn't so funny it, now see i i i do the opposite and it's interesting because um you know when, when i'm picking my characters that i well i don't i shouldn't say picking but when um you know i just naturally gravitate toward a particular character um in that kind of way um i tend to go for a very you know brooding uh you know difficult backstory maybe a lot of self issues you know guilt yeah. this all of this kind of thing i didn't marry that at all yeah i i married <laughs> maybe not physically but i married an alistair um yeah. you know a paladin. And, <laughs> yep all the Even way though dragon age doesn't really have paladins <laughs> but that idea very much and um it's it's funny that that's what i what i lean to uh in um in the games and when i started up uh, uh dragon age before i knew any of the characters at all i said okay who's gonna be my character here you guys know me you guys know what i like and um everybody said oh it's morgan <laughs> you're gonna love morgan <laughs> and it's so funny because i've struggled with her so much because yeah. even while i like these you know brooding people with their dark histories and their self-loathing or whatever um they all tend to have a very good heart with very good intentions. And I have yet to find that with Morgan. And I don't know if it exists at all with her. So she's it's like utilitarian. that piece is very, it's, it's missing for me with yeah, her. So yeah, I don't it, know if it, she'll. <laughs> but, so like, I, th I think this comes down to, so like, you know, there's lots of different ethical models, let's broadly categorize them in two different ways. Yeah. There's a utilitarian ethic. And then there's like kind of a, a, a more heart centered compassion mm -hmm. at like do unto others as you would ha have them do unto you. Right. Morrigan is a utilitarian. She is not interested in how you treat me or how I treat you. She's interested in the only in the end result. Yeah. Does, yeah. does this result in like, and in a way, and this it's a it's i think it's a natural inclination for people in a way there is a compassion in there but especially for her it's buried so deep in in the like her utter certainty that the overwhelming majority of people are complete shit <laughs> like like obviously right yeah you know? yeah like everyone's terrible why are we like certainly, we want to stop the blight because it would be bad if all life was extinguished. Uh, but like, let's not hesitate to kill this asshole on yeah. the way. You know, exactly. Like, that's exactly. Who she is. And, and I, I think that's why I struggle to find it. that connection with her because it's so it's the complete antithesis of the way I approach the world. Um, I'm just, I'm not a utilitarian person at all. And I love how you split those two, because I think that's, that really gets to the core of a lot of, um, a lot of human differences and things that we fight over and things that we struggle with. Oh, yeah. I think that's something that kind of falls along like political party lines, yep. that kind of thing. And, and if you're one or the other, I think it's almost, it's almost impossible to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who thinks in that 
other way. Which, and, and note that I say almost impossible. Right. <laughs> which is where stories come in. Because yeah. it does give you the opportunity to try on, in a safe way, that, that completely foreign way of thinking. Hey guys, as you know, I'm part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, and I wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a couple of other great Rocket Club shows you'll want to check out. Long gone are the days where people sing about West Virginia as almost heaven. After nuclear war and disease, it's far from heaven now. Far from Heaven, a Fallout 76 story podcast, is a tale of survival, conflict and hope set in the Fallout 76 game world. Join our survivors on their journey to reach that almost heaven once more. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and many other great podcasts and apps. Far from Heaven, a Fallout 76 story, available now. Well, so, so I'm a pastor. Spirituality is a huge deal in my life. Yeah. I think that's the real, you know, like, uh, especially the, the Western church has done a really poor job of, to me, articulating what spirituality is for. Absolutely. Completely they, they talk about it in terms of like, oh, you die and go to heaven one day. If you obey all our rules and do what we say, you'll go, you know. But to me, the thing that's always been so critical and like so very helpful for my personal development and my personal like finding meaning and purpose within my own existence, it's come down to those kinds of stories empower me and like help facilitate my own personal reconciliation of both of those aspects mm-hmm. of like actually like actually having and practicing and experiencing compassion and empathy for the people in front of me. Yeah. While also making important, good, ethical, moral decisions with think with the resources that I've been given, you know? Yeah. And like, so like, I, I so like a really good example that's very, very prominent right now is, is the dis- the discussion around like racial uh, relationships within the United States. Yeah, it it is so complex and tricky, and there are people on one side who are going like, "Let's do the n- math and look at the numbers and this and that," um, and and then there are people on the other side who are going like, "I am outraged by this injustice." Yes. I feel like I am I I am losing my mind that this happens, right. you know? Yeah. And and because of our media and political situations and all of that, we are as a society kind of torn apart into those two categories. What spirituality in its best form actually does is allows us to like bring those two together and really truly seek justice. And like if you look at any of the mm-hmm. heroes in our history, like that's what they did. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like they were they were able to effectively use um like actual progress, like actual measurable progress right. while also practicing compassion and empathy for not just the people they're trying to help but even their enemies. Yeah. And like that like that is a high bar for sure and one that i often fail 
to meet, yeah. but without, without stories like this and without characters like this, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have the, the means to process that in my own life. 100%. It, it's through playing out the stories and yes. the fantasy of it mm-hmm. that I find myself going like, Oh, th- Oh, this is what that looks like. Yeah. This is how those two, those two can be married, you know? Yeah. Like, well, and it's like, if you're going to, you know, change hearts on some of these situations, you know, you absolutely have to know what the sticking point of that other side is and not just know it, but understand it, you know, and just to understand and, well, and where they're coming it. from. And, like, yeah, yeah, you actually yeah. have to be willing to hear it. Yeah. Which is, and that's the compassion. And it's very point. difficult for, yeah. you know, so many of us. And I mean, it's, it's stuff that, you know, I struggle with sometimes too. And I'll, I'll be open with that. And sometimes my first reaction is, yeah, well, fuck you too, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. You know, and it's like, I have to sit with that and be like, no, but okay. You know, and, and, and that actually really ties in well with what we were just talking about a little bit ago. It's like, what's going on with Texas right now? And, um, you know, when I was talking about, um, you know, setting up the the fundraisers and stuff like that, people have gotten pushback because uh, it's like, well, they voted Shut these up. people in, you know, they're getting what they deserve. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no. What was it again? Fallout to, because we didn't record oh. that. What was it? Oh, that's again, sorry, the Fallout for Hope. Uh, Fallout campaign. for Hope. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Fallout for Hope, man. <laughs> so, but, Texas I, mean, was, I was born in Dallas. Yeah. And well, there my you go. Texas, yeah. And like, I greatly appreciate the help yeah. that's being I'm, offered. Yeah, I'm so glad that we can do this, you know, and that I, I'm, I'm so, so thrilled easy. to be a part of it. It's so easy. So, cards on the table. I'm mm-hmm. a left-leaning, Democrat-voting kind of guy. That's who I've Same. always been. Same. Um, you know, that tends to go with our age group and our <laughs> nerdy background and all that. Um, <laughs> it would be so easy to take the jaded approach of, mm-hmm. like, eh, well... Texas, you're a conservative Republican state. You you voted for conservative, market-driven bullshit. And you are so addicted to independence, tying back into the Morgan themes, uh, <laughs> you're so addicted to independence that your whole power grid is separated from the two national power grids. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if I've ever seen a formula for you earned this, it's this. Um. And of course, that's kind of a utilitarian approach. Yeah. And there is, and there's, and some I've been seeing it from a lot of people who, well, it's hard because generally there's... have a very empathetic approach. So it's, it's almost surprising to see it for me. It's like, cause, cause my approach is just like, you, you don't leave people to die regardless of how they vote. That's, you, yeah. you don't. That's, that's, well, there's, it's there's a no, there's no calculation. There's no, you, you just, don't yeah Uh, right like if we're gonna survive as a human species and make progress then Mm -hmm. that's kind of got to be one of our core tenants and also like the the so it seems like a valid thing and i because i've i've been talking with people about this and like yeah yeah i hear it i i hear the truth i would say half truth but i hear the the half truth of what you're saying the -hmm. problem is one you you don't paint people groups with broad strokes mm-hmm. like you can't you can't assume that everyone in that's suffering from this made bad choices and they deserve exactly. like that's not exactly fair. yeah and then secondly even if they did when your neighbor asks for help you help them yes exactly when your well, neighbor I asks mean, for help you help them my neighbors like, across the street 
um, you know, uh, they're Trump supporters. Um, they've been quiet about it for the most part, but, you know, we did discover this. And it's interesting because they're not, when you think of a Trump supporter, they're not the stereotype. Um, we help them. I, I get frustrated. Yeah. I'm frustrated with them. But if they need help, Neighbor I'm going to give it to them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like that's they're my neighbors. Yeah, they've helped us. I mean, it was like uh, earlier last year, you know, when we were trying to kind of figure everything out. And actually, our, our mower broke and the the city codes are strict in our town. And, and yeah. we've gotten cited by the city before because our lawn gets too long, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a big fan of HOAs. We're not even in an HOA. This is just the city. <laughs> it's so annoying. But, um, you know, they came across the street and were like, hey, I noticed your lawn's getting kind of long. Uh, you mind if I mow it? And it wasn't like a, your your yard looks like crap and it's bringing down the values. It was just, hey, it looks like you haven't been able to do this. Uh, you know, I'm already mowing my lawn. You mind if I come over here and do and do that too? And it was just like, I really appreciated that, you know? And, yeah. and um, you know, another person along those lines who comes to mind is actually my stepdad, who's also um pretty hardcore Trumper, but he respects my kids' pronouns and he had no problem with the name change. Yeah. Um so it's yeah, it's it turns interesting. out people are more complex than the who broad knew? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what we keep, that's what we're fall, that's what we fall into though, when we start going down that path of, yeah, well, Texans did this, so this is what you get. It's just like, well, it's pulled back quite a bit. Again, the the work of spirituality, Mm -hmm. almost always. uh, Well, so we we were talking about Morrigan. One of the reasons I was drawn to Morrigan is because. She is self-reliant and self-sufficient, and that was something, and my personal insecurity was around codependency growing up. Mm, that's really interesting. And so, yeah. and so, like, we are both attracted to the things that we long for in ourselves, and yeah. we are upset by the things that we resent about ourselves when we see them in others. Yes. You know? So much. And that's so, there, so true. Yeah, so there's something about the, like, you earned it. That's like, well, if if the, if you're really feeling that way, I would invite everyone who feels that way to kind of look inward and ask yourself when you felt like you really fucked up and like had to pay the price for it. Right. And you're yeah. embarrassed by it and you're ashamed by it and you and and now it's like good, someone else should have to now. I'm off the mm. hook now. Like cuz almost always there's something like that going on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like we 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 resent in others what we are afraid of in ourselves and we are mm-hmm. attracted to in others what we long for in ourselves. And like I I think that's why I've always been attached to or attracted to like kind of the brooding but very self-reliant and very like I always longed to be free from my codependence. Yeah. Yeah. And and even after I cuz I I yeah, I've I've done a lot of work and had a lot of help and and made a lot of progress there. You know, not not to say that there's tendencies still aren't there, but they're definitely not like driving the the car like they used to, you mm-hmm. know? Like they were behind the wheel a lot. Um 
but I'm still very much attracted to that type of person now. Like that's, right. yeah. that's who I'm into, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, the, that's the friendships that I go after. And that's the, like the, that's the companion character that I was drawn to. I've played Dragon Age Origins a handful of times from yeah. start to finish. I have never once romanced Liliana. <laughs> I've I've You're been like, like yeah, all right, I'm gonna do I like I'll go ahead and do that. I've never done it. Who knows what that and I just find myself constantly going over to Morgan's part of the camp and like like listening to her dialogue and asking yeah. her more questions about her because like she's just far more interesting to me. Well and, and she and she's more of a challenge too, because it's like I'm I mean, I feel like I'm barely into the game, which I, I mean I don't know how far I actually am, but it's like I'm barely into the game and already like starts drooling at my feet. Um, I just finished uh, the whole Red Cliff Castle section, and I'm about to head into the Brazilian, Brazilian something or other. The the forest area. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Again, anyway. somebody's screaming at their phone right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you've done the Red Red Cliff, and that's the only like major thing you haven't done the that's the major thing. Uh, no, yeah, I did the tower. Um, oh, okay. I did the fade. Because right. you can—that was the other thing—is you can do them in like different orders. Yeah, yeah. Although so that's not stuck in really and, true, because <laughs> if you go too early to some places, there'll be like a fight before you can get there, and they'll yeah. just murder you. I've, I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've been. Luckily, um, as I've been, um, <clears throat> as I've been going through the game and playing on stream, I have uh my own personal Dragon Age wiki on hand. Yeah. Shout out to Rance Dwarf, who has been fabulous and knows this game inside and out, and can be like, well, you might want to do that. Not do Have that you too. considered? Yeah. yeah. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> been very incredibly helpful, uh, preventing me from making, you know, any major scripts that are just going to break the game or whatever. Have you done so. any Urn of Ashes stuff? No, I think I have that quest, and they said not to do it just yet. I think that stuff's fascinating. <laughs> so I'm looking forward now, to that. I guess that's that like one. spoiler alert because I like I'm a, <laughs> well not spoiler alert, but I'm a pastor. So that quest has a lot to do with the theology of Dragon Age. Nice. Like, and it it lifts up the kind of the mythical stories behind why the world is shaped this way and why the chantry mm. is the way it is. Yeah. So, like, I found myself very fascinated with that quest line because it goes into Andraste, who's their kind of messiah figure. I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah. The, and the way that they shape their theology is really interesting. Like, I think it's, again, it's a very mythical story. It's the stories that I was talking about. Like, these yeah. stories that help us to kind of make sense of our actual, like, their bigger than life examples of what's really going on inside of Absolutely. almost everybody's existence. You know? Those are my favorite stories, you know, where, where you hold up that mirror and yeah. you get to really take a good look at yourself. And speaking of mythology, I feel like I would be completely amiss if I didn't note that there's, I mean, Morrigan is the place where our mythologies uh, cross over with uh, the world of dragon age. Uh, you know, she's clearly based on the Morrigan from you know Irish oh, mythologies, yeah. you know with her with her raven feathers and yeah. <laughs> and her shape shifting. I don't I, I mean, don't know much, despite my like <laughs> uh, my my ancestry is Irish, yeah. Irish. Uh, I actually don't know much about 
the actual the the well, I say real world the <laughs> the our version of the Morrigan yeah, myth. I, yeah. I don't know much about it. It's like what I, I I'm not like you know a scholar in Irish mythology or anything like that, but you know I'm familiar with uh, the character and um, the concept. I know that she can shape shift into a crow. Um, I think she's like I think she's like one one of those one of three sort of. Uh, I know that I pulled it up a little bit ago to kind of refresh myself a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, according to Wikipedia here, often described as a trio of individuals, all sisters called the three, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but it looks like Morigna. Trinity maybe? Origins. Mm-hmm. Trinity mm-hmm. Origins right there. Yep. <laughs> Thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of Christian, yeah. um, a lot of Christian theology is directly pulled absolutely from like pagan theology. Yep. Yep. And and in like uh like neo-pagan circles, uh the Morrigan is a deity that a lot of people claim as their own. Um mostly for that same sort of concept of like self-reliance and and um uh, independence, you know, individuality, all of these things. Uh, those are the people who are very drawn to that particular, uh, you know, w- whether you want to call her a deity or a myth or, or whatever, you know, yeah. floats your boat. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Where, wherever your beliefs may fall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I love, so I, I, I tend to operate more in the non-literal when it comes mm-hmm. to theology. Yeah. Um, there, there are certainly Christians out there who are very very literal about their text and only their text and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend not to, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, you know, and not to say that, you know, like uh, that there aren't true historical things in, right. in a lot of these myths. I'm right. sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are. That's sure, completely you know. my interpretation as well. Yeah. You know, there's there's but, always that on. bit of truth there. Yeah. But come on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, um, but so there's something about the, like, uh, so you're talking about that, um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. I got distracted by my stupid non-literal <laughs> thing. That's okay. <laughs> you're talking about, you were talking about self-reliant independent thing, like aptly named, like whoever decided on this, uh, game character Morrigan, like obviously had done Definitely. some research, Definitely. you know? And it's funny because when I first uh, started playing it, I, I I would automatically call her the Morrigan because that's right what I know her from. You know, that's I I I'm familiar with her as you know from uh, from the those stories, and I and she's used often in um like uh, fantasy literature, especially fantasy literature that circles around fairies and that kind of thing. Uh, you see yeah. Morrigan pop up in those uh those stories as well which is uh really interesting so it was it was interesting to find that she's not actually she's not a, a, a true representation of this this mythological it's it's character, not one to but one. it's clearly clearly i mean i mean it's her name i mean there's no there's no denying one well, and literally the character in the game like one of the mechanics of her is she is a shapeshifter yep Exactly. Like she can change into animal forms yep. like a druid in D and D and like, and yeah. Um, I think there's something too about the like 
so the raven the, the dark mm -hmm. like the the metaphor of the dark that so this is abstract but like dark and lonely tend yeah. to go together absolutely you know? and there's something there about again I, it's why i love the way that they've done this character like yeah. she, she is self-reliant and lonely yeah yeah um and and that's that that's the kind of the the thread of her our character yeah. arc throughout and it's the a game. chicken in the egg scenario you don't know which one right. is causing is she self-reliant because she's lonely or lonely because it's very, it's very yeah. nuanced the way it's mm -hmm. handled is very mm -hmm. nuanced yeah like it's not just this um kind of uh like cartoonish character right who, you know right. like she she has hints of wanting to connect throughout her dialogue um and then like so like if you romance her mm -hmm. she's very quick to go to bed mm, with you interesting mm -hmm. but then as you because there's a mechanic in the game of like earning her approval uh, like mm -hmm. with every companion right but yeah. as as you earn more of her approval eventually she won't sleep with you <laughs> so like if you're too easy she's like whatever that's what i was just it's saying not, about challenges too not, like no no no, it's not it's not too easy it's too attached like she loves you. oh too. doesn't want to get too attached yes like oh, and so okay. so if you yeah. if you have like a moderate level of approval then she'll be like yeah let's fuck <laughs> and if you go beyond that then yeah. she starts to be like i we're not going to do that anymore that's really and she'll put you at arm's distance and like for a I love the reality of that too. That you're not yeah. just like boom, you're done, you're out. It's like I mean, and that's that's very real life. That's 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 really cool because because you see that a lot in games where it's like you get it. You're building up to that level of oh, cool, you romanced him. We're done. You know, <laughs> it's like that right, part of the game is over in a sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. But with no, her, you're yeah, still she... playing. And then also her, I don't want to, I mean, I don't know how, how do you deal with spoilers on this? Because... Uh, there is a alert right in the introduction. I'm like, okay, we're talking good. about career, character yeah. arcs. You're going to get spoilers. If you don't want them, you might be in the wrong place. <laughs> the ending of Origins is, with with Morgan in particular, is mm -hmm. amazing. Cool. It, it um, so basically... Just one of the themes with her is her relationship with her mother, mm -hmm. who may or may not be her mother, mm -hmm. who is like possessed by an old god. Like she is this very powerful Flemeth, as the name yeah. of the character. Yeah. And she and Morrigan finds out in the course of the game, like that Flemeth has been living for so long by possessing the bodies of her daughters. Like, so mm. when Flemeth gets old and dies, she passes her spirit on to a Morrigan. And like, and that becomes the theory of like why she was sent to join, to go on this quest with the warden, because uh -huh. like, it'll develop her skills and she'll become more proficient uh -huh. at magic and, and all this stuff. Like, I hope I'm not ruining so the game. Very self. No, no, it's okay. I already, you know, it's like, I, I, I looked up stuff too. So just so yeah. I'm not like completely stumbling in the dark. <laughs> but so so at the end of the game, uh, one, you have the opportunity to fight Flemeth on behalf of Morrigan, or not. I always mm -hmm. defeated her because 
what can I say? I'm just a very powerful male figure, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but like, I, so like I always wanted to fight the dragon, you know, uh-huh. and like there's something archetypal that goes way back into the Disney-esque stories that I was oh, raised yeah. on. Where mm-hmm. like I go, I find the woman I love, and then I defeat the dragon on her behalf. Um, <laughs> but it's but it's very subverted because it's this like th- there's a lot more nuance going on. You're not fighting the dragon per se; you're fighting her mother, mm-hmm. and you're not and you're doing it. And if you get too close to the girl you love, the whom whom for whom you are fighting the dragon then she will reject you. And it's like, there's all these little things in there. That's like, yeah, Oh, this so is far more much. interesting. It's just amazing. And then at the end, uh, when you have to, you know, defeat the big bad enemy at the end, mm-hmm. the night before the big fight, Morrigan basically says, uh, like the, the reveal is that you are going to have to sacrifice yourself in order to defeat the enemy. That's the mm. only way you can. Mm-hmm. And Morrigan offers. Well, there's a out. common theme. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, like <laughs> death and resurrection, man. That's what my, my whole life's about it. Um, <laughs> but Morrigan offers this kind of out by the similar process of like the way that Flemeth possesses her. Like she offers this out of we can conceive a child or or she didn't even say we it's like i can conceive a child and then absorb the soul of the 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 demon spot the the dark spawn um arch demon which is the big bad guy you have to fight at the end mm-hmm. and then no one has to die i can just put it in this baby and then you have Damn. to decide one whether or not to do it Two, what? Because like, who? Because you're still not sure if you trust Morgan or not. <laughs> like, yeah, she's, she's still kind of like, oh, like, you still don't really care about humanity per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to decide whether or not it's you or one of your companions who conceives the child with her, and One's she's so utilitarian. So, well, and the other character is Alistair. Oh God. <laughs> That you you can like essentially order <laughs> Alistair. We have thoroughly romanced at this point. <laughs> oh, so this like, is gonna be amazing. This is the brilliance of it because like either way, <gasps> like you find yourself, you're gonna find yourself attached to these characters in yes. some way. Yes. And either way, like it's like, I mean, it's all make believe, but either way, you're like, so do I? Do I conceive a demon spawn, mm-hmm. or do I order my friend to? <laughs> Have sex with my lady, or in your case, do I have my lover go <laughs> conceive a child with this oh, demon God. spawn wanting per like what the hell are we doing here? Or do you kill yourself or do you sacrifice your own character? Oh my knowing God. that it's a bioware game and there will be more to come, mm-hmm. do you sacrifice your own character? Like it's it's I the wow. way they did it. This is the golden age of Bioware. Golden age of Bioware. So good. That's so good. The and way you know, it's like I know full well that it's make believe, but let me tell you how many times I have sat and cried over video. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's make believe, but it also they do such a great job of connecting. Yeah. It, it still yes. has real world consequences because yeah. your character 
like there's a next chapter yeah. and your character will or will not, you are going to either carry your character over mm-hmm. or you're going to start a new character. Right. Like the new, the new mm-hmm. warden or your warden, like, what is it? You know? And like, That's and so, so they, they do a good job of really connecting. I think all of those character choices and, and either way, Morgan leaves. Wow. Either way she pieces out. Because in the end, she's still she's a she's like a um a flawed character, you know. Right, yeah. Like Which so are my she, favorite she, kind. Oh, I love I love my my deeply flawed characters. <laughs> I just yeah. oh. And so even good. though I'm not a huge fan of Inquisition, because I, mm-hmm. I it's kind of new Bioware. Mm-hmm. I played I definitely played the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um and, and like went through the whole story. My favorite parts were when Morrigan shows up. Yeah. Because it's 10 years later. She has the child that I decided to like. Yeah. And then, and then so I, there I am playing this other character, but also like all just exhausting the dialogue options. Yeah. Because I want to know everything about her. I want to know yes. what she's been up to. I want to know what the kid's like. I want to know what's happened as a result of my choices. <laughs> And like so, and it's literally years later after this game, yeah. And I'm and I'm like, my choices, the choices I made are here. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. look, <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I love fantastic. that so much. It's so good. So, before we wrap up, uh, I wanted to thank you so much for bringing Morgan and giving me insight into somebody who has stumped me up until now, and <laughs> I I feel like I appreciate her just so much more and i'm so looking forward to playing you know diving in again on my next session and just looking at her in a whole new life like a cat you know (laughs) i love cats so that works (laughs) i love cats uh so if anybody wants to continue chatting with you about morrigan or dragon age or what you're up to uh can you give us a good idea of where to find you and what you're up to the, the, probably the center is kindredumc.com. That's the that's the church website, and it's got our podcast, which Amelia was a, a lovely guest on. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know when this will be coming out, but your episode will be coming out shortly. Sweet. Yeah, this um, will come out in not this, this so like, what, 10 days about. <laughs> okay. so I, I, so I think uh, your episode will be out now on Kindred Sweet. Spirits by the Wonderful. time that somebody's hearing this and we'll put a link to um, that in the show notes too so people can check oh thank that you out too. thank you so yeah, much absolutely uh likewise we should uh you know do that i'll do that for you also um so we, we've got kindred spirits uh, podcast which is uh, uh, an enneagram podcast look up the enneagram if you don't know what i'm talking about Very and fun. we have our live show uh, every sunday at 6 p.m we call it a live show but it's pre-recorded and it's basically <laughs> our our version of a virtual sermonette kind of we we get into it's definitely churchy scripturally you know mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely not churchy at all either too so if you're interested in in the mythology of christian uh stories that's where we talk about it and kind of get down on it that's and, perfect uh, i definitely know some i i know some folks i want to send your way already <laughs> yeah man we love it i love and and all are welcome we we we, we have people it's not like you have to be sometimes because, you know, we've done a bad job of this. You don't have to be Christian to be interested in this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And and true. we're not going to overtly aggressively try and get you to adhere. Like, really, <laughs> I'm just fascinated by this and what it can yeah. do when we tell these stories and yes. talk about them together. That's that's it. And it's fun. Exactly. And it's exactly. good. That's it. That's the point. Which I think is exactly what I love doing and why I'm doing this too. It's just been really nice to marry my two my two loves of, of storytelling and video games and just yeah, getting to talk with them, talk to people Stories about are them. Powerful. Stories they are, are very powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well thank you again. Glad to be I have here. a wonderful time talking more again with you. So we will catch you again soon. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Pixel People Podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the game and characters discussed and to connect with me and my guest. Want to be a guest on the show? There's a link in the show notes for a short form you can fill out and I'll reach out to you. Our theme music was by Elias Ali and Andy Brooks. You can follow the show on Twitter at PixelPeoplePod and keep up with FireRider on Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time!